which we have uh, Tom Atwater is here with us today, and he's going to be bringing the message uh, to us. Now, Tom is currently in Jackson, and he's on his way back up. But Tom and uh, Jen are part of what's called a 911 Life Ministry, and they're in Medellin, Colombia. If you were here any time last Christmas, around the Christmas time, we take a Christmas Eve offering. For those of you who have been around, you'll know. And last year, we specifically gave that money to help them put a down payment on a facility that they're using for this ministry called 911 Life. You're going to hear about it when they come back. But Tom and Jen are here, and we're so glad they're here. Oh, welcome. Let's, we're going to start out with a video to give a little context of where we're at this morning, and then we'll start. Medellin is becoming known worldwide for being a beautiful and innovative city. two sides to Medellin. The city also suffers from extreme poverty, gang violence, drug addiction, displaced people groups, sexual tourism, and prostitution. Our story in Colombia started in 1995 when we were teaching English in Cartagena, Colombia. One night we saw a paper bag on the sidewalk in front of us. We were going to kick it out of our way, but when we got closer, we found that there was a small, unprotected child sleeping in it. We were totally shocked. Something was birthed in us that day and we knew we needed to do something. 16 years later, in 2011, we moved to Colombia as missionaries with our three small children. Over the past seven years, we've been serving as directors of a children's center in Medellin, sharing the love of the Father with 220 at-risk children and their families. During these seven years, we've been blessed to train hundreds of local and international believers in practical missions, loving those who are least valued by society. Now God is calling us through Psalm 91, verse 1, to start 911 Life, a Colombian nonprofit which will begin with two main programs. One is a bilingual full-time safe house to help at-risk single mothers and their children to get on their feet spiritually, emotionally, relationally, and economically. This will establish strong families and prevent children from being taken into the foster care system. The other program is the International Training and Equipping Center, a mission school that will train and equip believers from around the world in practical missions, focusing on the presence of God and the impartation of His love. Our strategy is to impact lives through education and spiritual transformation, giving those we serve the tools needed to transform their lives and the lives of others. Our goal for the first year is to receive five families in our safe house, doubling it to ten in the second year. We have secured our first site with a loan, and we still need to remodel and furnish the building in order to provide excellent, high-quality service for both the families and the students in the mission school. So we invite you to get involved with our vision, partner with us to help with the physical restoration of the building and repayment of the loan. So these are the two Colombian families that have joined our family in this ministry to restore families and extend the kingdom of God. Everybody wave!
Welcome, Kettlebrook. How are we doing this morning? Are we alive? Yes, okay, good. Wow. Well, your love precedes you. Uh, we've heard stories of what Kettlebrook is doing with uh, loving uh, other people, the foster care uh, stuff that's going on, and all of the other things you guys are doing. And so we want to encourage you in that today. Oh, be, before I start, I want to tell you, we have been missionaries on the field for like seven years. Is that Patrick? No. Okay. Uh, we've, I thought I recognized some of the audience. We, we've been missionary on the field for seven years in Medellin, Colombia. And this is the first time we're really taking like this furlough where it's five months uh, outside of the mission field, basically, and doing a home mission assignment. And so we started in, uh, in August of this year, and we started in this, this hotel in Florida with a pool and a jacuzzi, and it was so awesome <clears throat> to have a couple days there. We were so excited. And one night I get to bed early, and get to bed, uh, Jen and the kids are up, and I need to go to bed. And so going to bed early was great. And then I wake up the next day, and the telephone rings. And usually in a hotel room, it's us calling the front desk, right? Call the zero. But the, I, I don't think it's ever happened that a telephone rings in a hotel room that I'm in. So I pick up the phone. I say, hello? And it's a guy on the other end. He says, is Jennifer there? It's like, what? Is Jennifer there? I was like, okay. Yeah, because I met her in the jacuzzi last night. It's like, who are you? And then he says, you must be her husband. I was like, you bet you're right I'm her husband. And, and then he says, well, I want to talk to her because last night in the jacuzzi, she told me stuff about my heart and my life situation that only God could know. And I want to get to know this Jesus that she's talking about because he seems very real. And he knows my heart. And so it's awesome to have a wife like that. And, oh, well, this afternoon, you guys stick around and we'll be talking about how to hear God's voice. And that in love, this impacts people. And it changes their lives like it did to Don when Jen was just having fun in the jacuzzi talking to people. So, <laughs> so. Well, that, that, was, that was kind of funny. So anyway, we're, we're all right with Don now. Um, <laughs> so I was out there looking at your, your Reach Global. You guys see this? Is it a pickup one? And it's a prayer guide for these missionaries, Central Asia, Chad, Africa, and, and this weird place called the Northern Caucasus of Southern Russia. Does anybody, has anybody heard about that before? Uh, God is impacting the world. And He's impacting it through people like you. Because you're the answer to prayer that God is sending for others. And I just highly encourage you guys to pray for the people in here and in what you guys are doing as a community to, for outreach globally and locally. Uh, because that's the very love of God. And it kind of ties in with what I wanted to talk to you guys about today. 
which is the power of love. The power of love. Jesus walked in great power because He carried the heart of the Father for the world. And we get to walk in that same power because we carry the heart of the Father for the world. Isn't that amazing? He's given us that. And so, wanted to talk to you about this this morning. And there's an amazing verse that talks about His love for us. Because, because get this, we can't be God's love for other people unless we have received His love for us personally first. How can we tell somebody else that God loves you extremely if we aren't in that constant love relationship with the Father receiving from Him? Because if we give too much without receiving, we'll just get dry. And so I want to talk about today about just receiving that love from the Father. So then later you can give it. And it's a lifestyle. It doesn't stop. And it is so beautiful. And this verse in John 17, John 17, 26. I want to read this crazy verse. I can't believe they put it in this book. This is so crazy to think about this. This is, surprised they haven't edited out. Listen to this. I have the Passion Version here, and it's going to hit you a little bit different. And it's supposed to. And I'll just read it for you. And then you can follow along later. But listen to this. Jesus is praying to the Father, and He says, I, Jesus, have revealed them, His disciples, to you, Father. I have revealed them to them who you are. And I will continue to make you, Father, even more real to them so that they may experience the same endless love that you have for me. What does that mean? The same love that the Father has for the Son, Jesus, He has for you. It is mind-blowing because they've been together uh, since eternity. And it's the same love. The Father looks at Jesus and loves Him so much. Can you imagine that? But He looks at you the same way. He loves you the same way. It's just as deep. It's endless. And not only that, it's an experience. I don't know who wrote this stuff, but it's pretty good. And if Jesus, Jesus knew He had that love. But if we really believe we walked in this love, bathed in the love of the Father, we would live differently. So my purpose for today, the purpose of this, is that you receive a revelation of God the Father's love for you personally that results in a tangible difference in your life and for others as you walk out. And so... To do that, I just want to give you a few examples in a context of how we have experienced that. That's the best way, right? Of how we have experienced this amazing love of the Father and what it looks like when it pours out to other people. And in order to do that, I have to describe a little bit about the environment 
that we've been ministering in in the last seven years. Because this is a place of not only extreme poverty, but the area that we've been in and the areas and neighborhoods, uh, one in particular is infamous for its witchcraft, its prostitution, and drugs. And you put all of that together and it winds up getting some of the most abused people on the planet. One of the most horrible places that a child can grow up in. And these people live in these slum houses and it's like a hallway. There's a building with a hallway and there's a 10 by 10 room here, a 10 by 10 room here. And it goes on down the hallway like that. But some of them just have curtains and no doors. And there's a shared bathroom, a shared shower, and a shared kitchen. And you pay by the day, so any, it's, any crazy person can come in there. And it's just nuts. We had an 8-year-old come to us and say, I'm sick of living in my house. I say, why? He says, because I'm sick of hearing how they murder people outside my door. It's reality check. Like, wow. Eight-year-old. And so we were able to intervene and, and move the family, all that stuff. But this is their life. This is what they live with. And it's not only that abuse. It's, it's since the womb they have been abused. And it's, it's overwhelming because no psychologist can heal this stuff. Their brains are different. And it's like over our pay grade to heal this stuff. That drives us to the Lord because He can do it. He can heal the wounded heart. He can heal all of this junk that is rolling along and tormenting these kids. And so how have we done it? What is the strategy? And we are so at our end of what we can accomplish, we lean heavily on the Lord. And I asked him, I said, Father, what's going on here? How can we minister in this environment? It's crazy. And he said, I saw a vision. I saw a vision of a father sitting down and he's just like, just calm. I'm not calm, but he's calm. And he's like, just bring them to me. Bring them to me, to my presence. I remember Jesus brought the little children and he put his hand on them and he blessed them. And so the Father is asking us through Jesus, who's the door to the Father, to bring them to Him. And as we do, we see amazing things happen. And one time in particular, we had started a soccer program to reach the teenagers in this neighborhood and there's teenage girls now their future is prostitution the mafia and gangs go to this neighborhood to harvest the 13 year olds to bring them in a life of of slavery and they're they these girls have most likely all been abused living a terrible life but they're on the soccer team like soccer and as the coach is like well just just close your eyes and put your hands out and we're going to ask God to come. And in this time, all 20 of them were lined up 
And they just did that out of faith. And they all start crying because the sweet presence of Holy Spirit, the presence of God just comes in and the great comforter comes. And these hardened girls uh, in this neighborhood, in the middle of this slum neighborhood, are just bawling under the presence of God and crying and crying, all of them at once. And this great comforter, Holy Spirit comes in and is ministering to their hearts. And we interview them at the end and they all have the same story. Do you want to know what it was? We asked them, what happened to you? And they all said, no, I was there and then I just remember this horrible thing that happened to me. It was so horrible. But then these loving arms, these arms came around me. I literally felt arms and more love than I've ever felt my entire life. And I started crying and crying. It felt so good, like the pain was just leaving me. And I was crying and crying. I said, that's Holy Spirit. Invite them into your life deeper. And they're receiving Jesus. And the great comforter is comforting their hearts that day. In this same type of scenario, the Lord has visited in almost every single program that we've been involved with. It's not us, it's, it's Him. He does this. And it happened with the teenage boys who are all in gangs. They're all in gangs. We get them off the street and they're selling drugs. And so it happened to them. And they're crying. They're probably these tough guys. They're crying. They're, Why are we crying? They're just bawling. Why are we doing this? It's like, do you feel peace? Yes. Do you feel love? Yes. This is the God I was talking about. <laughs> Allow Him in. And they did. And their lives are changing. The girls are coming out of lesbianism. The boys are... are coming out of knifing people and <laughs> stealing their money. Uh, all kinds of awesome things are going on. And we're seeing the love of God being poured out into these kids and these people. Um, it's happened to even people who've come down on mission trips that they've encountered this love of God because they're focusing on Him. They're focusing on, on what God is doing and not their own, own stuff. And they take a whole week or so out and the Lord meets them where they're at. And He encounters them and changes their lives. And He's doing that to the moms of these girls. There's... A, Testimonies of these, these moms just coming to the Lord. One mom had kidney stones. She couldn't get to the, to the doctor. She couldn't get medical attention for some reason. And we sent a team into her, her home, her slum home. And this was the home where all of the bad gang guys, this is where they stored all of the drugs. And you know they have the, the rooms? So she was in one of those rooms and all these drug guys are in the other rooms. And we send a, a team there because she's a mom of one of the kids in the soccer program. And as they come in, they ask her what's, what's going on. She is skinny, emaciated, uh, just looks like on death's door. And she says, my kidneys, they hurt. I've got kidney stones and I can't get to the doctor for whatever reason it was. And I said, can we pray for you? And they pray for her 
She says, my kidneys are now burning. All the pain is leaving. And, and in about three minutes, all the pain leaves and she gets totally healed. And she attributes it to Jesus because he's the one who did it. And then she's saying, when the drug guys and the mafia, the drug gang guys are coming in and they're, they're paying their rent, she goes, hey, you've got to know Jesus. Do you know Jesus healed my kidney stones? He just healed my kidneys. You've got to know this Jesus. He's the guy who heals. And she wasn't even a Christian yet. And she's talking about Jesus because she collects the, the rent money. And it just turns out she goes to church the next... We invite them all to church. She goes to church the next Sunday, and I had the privilege to give the message of uh, the call to invite Jesus in your heart. And guess who's on the front row? She receives Jesus. She's like, yay, I'm going to tell everybody. But she didn't come alone. She brought like five of the other people from her slum housing. The gang guys. Isn't that cool? She's great. So what's the message in that? She, she got a healing. That's wonderful. But she encountered a God who loves her and cares about the details of her life. He loves her and cares about the details of her life. That's the message she got. It transformed her life. And she's running after God. And you guys are missionaries right here. You don't have to go to Columbia to do this. You're right here. You have neighbors. You have uh, grocery stores. The lady at the cashier, who's the cashier lady, every single person in this room has a step that they can take, a risk, faith, a faith step that you need to take, that the Lord is already talking to you that you need to do. Maybe it's just getting connected with a Bible study here, with one of the, the home groups. Or maybe it's uh, getting connected with some other activity the church is doing. I don't know what it is, but I do know that you do have a step. And it's time you take the step of faith and walk out in it. And the love of God is going to really help you. Because there is no one like the Father. He is, he is a father to the fatherless. And a lot of times in us, there's a lot of fatherlessness because of our own hurts. And he, he heals that. He's just amazing. I want to finish with a testimony that happened in a group home of minor girls below 18 who have been sex trafficked. A lot of them, their whole lives. Now, this is a group, was a government group home that we became aware of and decided to partner with ministries going in there to minister to these girls. You can't imagine the desolation that they've gone through. The purpose of this group home is simply to find their families. Because if they, they come off the streets, right, and they, they come into this, and then they got to find their families. If they can find their families, then they can get the girls out and get new ones in. So the whole purpose is to find their families, to give that six-month time to find their families. And so we sent a team, a missions team, kind of like when if you guys would come down on a missions team, and we sent a mission team like that to them. 
Okay? And in this place, they were, there's a stage here, or a type of stage, and they were doing uh, a skit. So doing a skit up here. And let me walk this out for you. There's a girl here on this corner and a girl way on the other corner. They're both crying. This one is crying profusely. She is bawling, not paying any attention to this amazing skit that they're doing over here. She's completely ignoring the skit, but bawling uncontrollably. And they come up to her and say, what is the matter? What's the matter? Why are you crying? You're not even paying attention to the skit. And she says, I have been abused my whole life. I've been a slave my whole life. And now I've been here and they can't even find my family. I have been abused and unloved my whole life and I've passed the time where they're supposed to, but they cannot find any member of my family. I am completely alone in this world. Nobody loves me. Nobody cares for me. I don't have love from anybody and I'm completely alone. What would you do? All I could do would be to pray. So they pray for her. And she is living a living hell. And she can't pay attention to any of that because she has nothing in this world. And complaining, she says, nobody will love her. And they just pray. Meanwhile, the other one's crying too. And then this one starts, she gets up, she stops crying. And she's like going crazy. She's like pointing to the back wall. She's like, who is that? Who is that? What's going on? What's going on? She's like this. And they say, well, what are you talking about? We don't see anything. She looks and she goes, a man just walked out of the wall. This man is a beard. He's got a white robe and it's just shining. He's looking at me. His face is pure love. And I feel so much peace from him. Who is this? They say, that's Jesus. It's just like him to walk out of a wall. (laughs) He did that in the disciples. Meanwhile, she's doing this. The other one over here who cannot see or she can't hear what's going on has the same visitation of Jesus, has the same thing. So she starts pointing to the wall and she says, what's that? And she describes them. Same thing. This beard, the, the robe, it's shining. There's so much love coming off of him. But who is this? Says Jesus. Meanwhile, on the other side, the other one starts like freaking out more. Saying, oh my God. What is he doing? And then she says, tell us what you're seeing. She says, he's sending me kisses. She who says, nobody will love me. My father and mother have forsaken me, but you, my God, will never forsake me. I will never leave you or forsake you, says Jesus. And he comes out of a wall to tell her that. Comes out of his box because she's in a life that's way out of the box. And he proves to her, 
his love. And probably a way only she can accept, right? He's blowing kisses to his beloved. So these girls come together and say, we're kind of afraid because this is weird. But can you take us to him? <laughs> okay. So yeah, a missionary or team member walking them up and when they get to his feet they fall down and start crying. They're just falling at his feet and they're bawling at his feet. And another girl comes up and she says, where? Show me. Now, okay, the show's no longer here. Jesus is the show now, right? So everybody's stopped by this point. And Jesus has taken over the show. I like it when that happens. And one of them says, I can't see him, but show me where he is. I want to hug him. Wow. So hungry for his love. She's hugging air. So hungry for his love. How hungry are you for his love today? Do you have to go through this horrible situation to become hungry for Him? Do you have to do that? How hungry are you for Him? His name is love. He wants to pour it on you. How hungry are you for this love? I had a pastor who said, Tom, I I already have love for people. I don't need enough love. Don't worry, it wasn't Troy. And I said, okay, whatever, just come on and let's pray. And after I gave this talk, he was wrecked. He said, Tom, I had no idea how deep the love of the Father is. I never knew. Your eyes can go deeper. And this one was hugging the air, says, hey, wait, why do they see him and I don't? He loves them more than he loves me. Well, we don't see him either. Uh, You know, like, what do you say? Then she says something interesting. She says, a year ago I had a dream. And in this dream, there was a man who fits that description. And he was saying, come to me. She says, I was scared because I didn't know who that was. Who is he? And they said, he's Jesus. So you had a personal encounter with Jesus. He came just to you. He loves you. And who's Jesus? Well, he's God. They don't know. Well, what does that do? To, what does that have to do with me? Well, he died for your sins. And they explain to Jesus, they all come to Christ. And all their lives are changed. Because this great love of the Father that made manifest in them. I have revealed them to you. And I will continue to make you even more real to them so that they may experience the same endless love that you have for me. Wow. For your love will now live in them even as I live in them. Let's stand, please. This endless love isn't just for Columbia. The Lord is the same here. Let me tell you, everybody needs this revelation of His love. This impartation of His love. 
Almost every time I speak, people start to cry. They start to tremble or they feel this this peaceful weight on them. That is the Lord. That is Him. He's tangibly here. And you don't stop it. The, the, The response is, more God. That's you I want more. I don't care what it looks like. I want more of you. Is there anybody hungry? Is there anybody hungry? Does anybody want more? Are you are you satisfied with what you have? Because there's a God who says, those who ask will receive. Those who are hungry get fed. It's not just physical, it's spiritual. If you are hungry for more of Him, if you want more of Him, now is the time to ask. Just put out your hands as a symbol Say, my hands are open to you. I've got nothing. I'm not going to hold anything. And I want you to fill these hands with your love. With your love, Lord. With your love. Alex is going to sing and worship. And as he does, just stay in God's presence. Let him fill you. Ask for him. I want this love, dear Lord. Jesus' name, Father, I ask that right now you descend on them with your love. With your love. Impart that love, a baptism of love on every single heart in this room. Just stay in His presence as we sing. Just stay in His presence. Focus on Jesus. Let me be filled with kindness and compassion for the one the one for whom you loved and gave your son for humanity increase my love so help me to love with open arms like you do a love that erases all Oh, that when they look in my eyes, they would see you, even in just a smile, that they feel the Father's love. Oh, how He loves us, from the homeless to the famous and in between. Formed us, you made us carefully. Cause in the end, we're all your children. So help me to love with open arms. Open your heart. Open it to Him. Love that erases all the lines and sees the truth. Oh, that when they look in my eyes, they would see you. Even in just a smile, they'll feel the Father's love. Let all my life tell who you are. And 
the wonder of your never-ending love. Let all my life tell who you are. You're wonderful, such a good father. Fill up the overflowing. Let all my life tell who you are. When they see you, they're supposed to see love. When they hear you, they're supposed to hear love. That's not just for them out there, it's for your children and your families. They're supposed to hear love and see love manifest in the flesh. Your flesh. Receive. Hunger for more. One more. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. You're so good. Father, I ask that you create a insatiable hunger for you and your love in the hearts of those here and their families represented in Jesus name may they never be insane may they be just ruined by your love in a good way change it all out your love today today pray for them for the ones who are going to believe because of the words and the actions of their hearts pray for them Lord expand your love expand your love in our hearts 